0: boom we are back and thank you again for tuning in guys to the rags to riches podcast today like no other we've got a superb guest for you someone who has a really interesting story to tell someone who studied in new york for uh, direction and cinematography and who shifted themselves to another country india mumbai um, and has kind of found his way from there things went well things went badly and how he ended up working for the likes of Sonam Kapoor um, and many other actors in Bollywood as well as working, you know, as, as he does now as a freelancer and corporate jobs and working for companies such as Airbnb and American Express. Uh, his name is Ishan Naya, a good friend of mine, and I think you're gonna really get something from this story, something that we can, you should all be able to take away. Especially if you're in the kind of the art, cinematography scene, photography scene, Um, And you want to establish how you would maybe make that that step from how you would start out um, And how would you get to someone like Ishan's level? Um, Hopefully this this will give you some direction So let's get into it and maybe Ishan can uh, enlighten us. Ishan my friend are you there?
1: Hey man, yeah, I'm here. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Did I um, get your last name right then?
1: Yes, I think pretty much, finally.
0: (laughs) And is it true that only white people get your last name wrong? Well, I
1: mean, uh, yeah, white folk. Generally, it's white folk who needs to be corrected, but I'm normally, nah, like the hair removal cream
0: in the States. Yes. Yep. That's what you remind me of (laughs) then. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, enough of the jokes um, so what I wanted to ask you my friend is um, kind of the stage you're at right now in your life is it something that you envisage yourself doing, you know as a as let's say a kid growing up or when you went to university to study your degree is it something you envisage like where you are right now uh, I mean
1: Vaguely, yes, but actually, not at all. I um, never thought I'd be in advertising. I didn't think I would be a photographer. I definitely didn't want to direct Bollywood <laughs> celebrities or photograph them. Um, yeah. So it just sort of it just sort of unfolded. I I studied cinematography and direction, and I was a very like serious. I want to make art films and cinema kind of guy, and yeah. um, one thing just led to another and here I am in Smackdown in the middle of commercial photography, Bollywood and advertising so
0: mm. yeah. So like I mean lots of like I spoke to an, I know a good friend of yours um, Akshay right.
1: and
0: he was uh, quite similar in the fact that I don't think it was exactly what he had in mind as in he didn't think right I want to be banging Hollywood and I want to be working with these people it was quite general and that you know, he kind of just ended up in this position. Um, Would you say that, you know, in terms of like advice, because there's, you know, when you do your Instagram questions, there's always lots of people saying they want to work with you and they want to do what you're doing. Um, What would you advise to people, you know, wanting to do what you're doing? Would you say you, you should really target working in Bollywood or would it be to be quite general and work on your craft and not really worry about that?
1: I mean, I I just, it sounds like uh, dumb luck, but it was a lot of hard work. But I think one should just really focus on their craft and just let things go the way they're supposed to. Because I was here, I was shooting, I was just trying to make money. I was shooting fucking pregnant ladies and babies and like rubbish just (laughs) to pay the bills. And um, I think just within the parameters of that, there was a journalist who saw my work and really believed in it and forwarded me to some Bollywood actresses and it was those two photo shoots with them that sort of paved the way into this world so I think as long as your craft is intact, I don't think you really need to do anything but I think the process is so different because some people are super diligent and they know what they want and you can go to an agency, also I started now, I think this will be my 10th year in Bombay around mm. October. So we started at a time with there was no Instagram, there was no podcasts, there was no, uh, there were very few avenues. And now I think it's very streamlined. And if you're a young budding photographer, if you have a certain kind of book of or body of work, you can go to an agency like in Inega, they'll rep you or put you mm. onto models, you can do test shoots and this sort of build your book. Ours was very like, there was no, no method to the madness. It was like, kind of if you're lucky if someone introduces you to the right person i mean here you can put your work on instagram and if it's good people will
0: notice it um do you think that um i mean how much luck do you really think there is in that kind type of work though you know because you say there is an element of luck to what you're doing yeah but but i i i, I say this because quite a lot of um the people i've you know had on the podcast everyone like remains humble right and said oh there's luck and they're quite quick to say you know they, they worked hard but they say it's a lot of luck and i like to say you know there's people who want to be in your position and do you want to it's like they're they're waiting for that one moment that piece of luck and really um forgetting that they need to people like you maybe had years of hard work behind them before that look eventually happened. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I was like, I had, I left a great job in New York to move for a relationship in Bombay. And then I just decided that, okay, to pay the bills, I'm going to do photography. And that's why I was cool shooting any kind of rubbish that came my way because it just paid my bills. And then, of course, that relationship ended and she gave me the boot and I was single in a shit hole like Bombay. <laughs> I didn't really want to be there, so I had to figure out what do I do with my life. And um, I still had to take whatever came my way. So I think I was lucky in the fact that uh, somebody like this journalist called Sukanya Venkat believed in me enough to pass my work along to a few actresses. But that said, I think luck and being humble aside, it's... It'll only get you that far because to last in a, especially in a business as frivolous as fashion and Bollywood sustainability and like durability is not based on luck. It's based on complete hard work and constantly needing to reinvent yourself because fashion changes every season. So do the photographers, so do the models. So there's a lot of hard work that goes with luck. I think it's just that one opening is luck based. You know, it's just that one thing and then it's what you make of it. There are thousands of people who've had that opportunity, who've shot a big actress or shot a cover in a, for a magazine, but they don't, they're not that durable. They haven't managed to last a decade. So its it really is about hard work and realizing that it's a frivolous business. So I think if you take it lightly and realize that, okay, I have to keep reinventing myself because it's the nature of the beast, it can take you pretty far. Yeah, that's
0: true. Um, So, I mean, how many, how many, um, I didn't ask this before, how many years was it then when you first moved to Mumbai and then from that point to shooting these two actresses? Um, Was that a long time?
1: Possibly, yeah, I would think at least two, two and a half years and the actresses were Kalki and Sonam Kapoor and uh, Kalki was just one film old at that point and was like a totally indie actress. Um, And so it it was still not like a shoe-in, but I think the pictures turned out great and they were carried in Filmfare magazine. And then just on the basis of that, uh, I was introduced to Sonam Kapoor who I also did a shoot with in her home. And um, she really loved those pictures and then she's like great about sharing credit and putting names forward. And then I just started working like a beast. So it took <laughs> about, yeah, it took about two, two and a half years to to get to meet someone like Sonam Kapoor. Um, but yeah, and then after that, there were still years that I didn't work. You know, you, you work for a year and then you sort of drop from people's radar and it's all about how relevant you are, what was the last thing you shot. So I would say that it's been, it's only in the last three to four years that i've had like steady work um and i've sort of become a bit of an identity of my own you know um so i would say it was like a six-year struggle
0: yeah that's it that's very interesting you know because um i I, again i bring up actually but i um i kind of got the same kind of feel that there was what what people don't realize looking on you know people who look up to you look up to what work you're doing want to replicate it what they don't see and because we didn't really as you say there wasn't instagram at that time they didn't see these up to six years of not knowing exactly what you want to do and just ticking over just being in some places just shooting just um in in some cases not shooting and really that that amount of time even though you feel like maybe you weren't going anywhere or getting places it it really does mean something to the end story if that makes sense it does add to your character and it builds you up in experience and kind of gets you to a point may, when maybe you were ready for that opportunity would you agree with that
1: yeah i mean i think sometimes you, when you walk on a set Like, I mean, you spend a lot of time wondering why you're not doing what other people are doing or why you're not shooting this actress or why, like, you know, but when you finally do walk on a set with that actress or that particular job you've been vying for, you realize that, look, I was only ready for it now, you know, I wouldn't have been able to handle it six years ago. Because, I mean, whatever whatever life hands. some people in their 20s are super confident and can walk onto a set and like direct an A-list movie star. And some people like me weren't. So I think I'm always like, grateful for whatever struggle and journey there's been to get where I am. And then also you can just never be complacent. It doesn't really matter where you yeah. are or who you are because it's really just you are your last commercial, you are your last photo shoot. And if it wasn't good, nobody wants to book you, you
0: know? So, yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, what's the difference, like the difference, because you say only in the past three to four years that it's kind of been consistent work and you've been, you know, working balls off. (laughs) But what is the difference between you now and three to four years ago? Because is the level of skill um, massively changed?
1: No, I think it's a level of experience for sure. You know, I think it's Mm. something that you, um, for me, you know, I do a lot of like work on myself, including like therapy and those kind of things. So I think for me, it's really about just putting a lot of like baggage aside and like putting your ego aside and like just being there for the work and not attaching too much importance to it and realizing that, look, I'm here for a job and it's not really about my ego or what. If a client wants something, they're paying you. Do what they need to do, even if you think they're fucking stupid, you know. Um, whereas in your youth, you spent or I spent a lot of time arguing and be like, no, it shouldn't be like this. And mm-hmm. when I first started doing fashion photography, I was like, I don't want to Photoshop people. Um, but then you're just like, fuck you and your ideals. This is just the nature of the beast. And she's a mainstream actress and she wants to be Photoshopped. Just fucking do it you know so I think a lot of things change in terms of your attitude and then of course the more you work you work with better and better technicians you work with you just you just get a lot of experience so it becomes like really easy and second nature and I think that's what people take too like if the day of work is well done the output is great that's all they really care about you
0: know so um yeah but do you um like what would you contribute I mean you say it's experience in the last three to four years that's improved you and so you basically are you in, I mean your, your level of skill in what you do that must have improved as well right but is that just from repetition of work or it, could you see a, a big difference in your level of skill three to four years ago to now because what I'm thinking is like people who want to be like you they want to shoot like you um, is it to do with would you say look your level of skill needs to improve massively because there are probably people on your level of skill but the amount of years under your belt of doing this kind of thing that makes the biggest difference
1: I mean I think with something like this it's of course a level of skill I mean it just becomes easier it's like you're learning Hindi and like every year you it's just gonna start rolling off your tongue right the more you speak it Um, So I guess the same thing applies to any kind of creative skill set but the main thing is also that you can't get away from and here I might sound like an egomaniac is there is a certain degree of talent so it doesn't really matter if somebody likes the way I shoot because I get tons of kids writing me how do you shoot, how did you light this, how did you do it and I can tell them because I mean it's not like I'm, I'm not super technical about my lights, I just sort of move them around and things happen, <laughs> um, but I can tell them that okay, I placed this on the left and this was 45 degrees, but I'm not 100% sure that their output would be the same, because it really is, it's just a sort of fabric that you have, so I have a lot of assistants who assisted me over the years, and the first thing I'm always telling them is develop your style, because you can't want to shoot like me, that shouldn't be why you want to work with me. It should be like figure out who you are and what your voice is because it's also your voice coupled with luck, coupled with all the things we've talked about. It's really your voice as an artist that still takes you forward, even in the parameters of a commercial world where you're just getting a big paycheck at the end of the day. There's a certain signature you attach to your work, which is why you're being called over the others. Um, So I think that has to be intact, you know, talent.
0: Yeah, so I mean, that's another way I I realize people stay humble is that they don't mention talent at the end of the day. Um, Someone like yourself is in a certain position and if someone just comes to look at your work, whether it's on the website or Instagram or anything like that, you immediately get this um, sense of talent, really. I think that overshines, you know? and that still has to be prevalent don't you think in people who um are trying to get to a certain level like yourself or trying to work with certain people that they have to be able to show that i mean we've got instagram as you say you didn't have that when you started um what would you advise people the younger generation to go out there to start creating a body of work and to get it on instagram and and other places to really showcase that talent
1: yeah i mean i'm always like of course one you have to showcase your work it's a visual medium so it is driven by who is viewing your work and how far the reach of that viewership is but i think the main thing with younger photographers is that they're constantly working and especially with how we're like sort of flooded with instagram today you know that even i'm sometimes worried that am i subconsciously replicating something that I saw and liked so I feel like with a lot of younger photographers I'm constantly seeing that oh this is how everybody is shooting this day or like this is what Vogue Italia is shooting and so then they're like sort of trying to mimic what is there and I think again talent and it's all subjective I have clients call my agent and say we don't like his work and my agent will spare me no lie and be like they didn't like your work you know so it's so subjective you can view my page and be like oh I can see that you're talented where someone can just go to it and not really like it so i think instead of getting bogged down by the people who don't like your work just see the truth that's there in your work and just sort of stick to that and stop like trying to replicate things because that's what i feel like everyone's just trying to replicate stuff and you um, not feel
0: as though that's quite um i don't know like that must be quite difficult don't you think because like if we just be honest with ourselves um, re, uh, reinventing yourselves, or trying to come up with something new. Surely, there is whatever you're doing is kind of been done before. If that yeah. makes sense. Like, how do you really make sure that what you have done and what you are doing is actually that new? You know, because you said subconsciously you're thinking about: Are you replicating something? Is yeah, there a, is a w- way of you making sure that that's not happening? Or I mean, I think
1: we've reached a stage where nothing is truly original. You know, like if yeah. we're talking about my Instagram page vis-a-vis your podcast. Someone's done a podcast before. Someone's shot certain kinds that's... of images before. But yeah. I think as long as you're sticking to something that actually speaks to you and it's not based on the impression of oh you know that podcast really worked for this person and this kind of image really worked for that person you know as long as it's like something that's coming from within in a way you know so it's not like I'm saying that you have to be like fucking Einstein and discover like whatever things that he discovered I'm not a science nut at all Um, but um, you you should just be doing things that sort of echo uh, like your truth You know, like this is how I want to shoot. This is what I want to shoot right now, you know. And then especially with my work, it's like the trappings of it is that clients start booking you for a certain kind of aesthetic. And then you keep replicating that your own aesthetic because you know, that's what the client has booked you. So whenever you feel stifled by that, or I feel stifled by that, I go out and shoot something that I feel is completely different from what I've been working on. And, um, And then if it works, it's a good shoot. I put it out there. Um, and do more work in a similar zone and sort of let my work evolve for that year, you know? Right. Um, so I think, I don't know, does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah, that definitely does. But do you feel that because of the years under your belt and stuff, do you feel you've got to that position where you can be, you're kind of in control, like of changing and adapting, whereas let's say you're starting out again, and... Um, you don't really have a big uh, style or anything and um, you can't really be choosy about what work you do, do you know what I mean? So you kind of have, you're in a position where you just have to get work under your belt regardless of whether it's something that you really want to do or the direction you want to go in. Does that make sense?
1: Like... No, it does. I mean and, and, and you and you are speaking to someone who literally I did have to fucking shoot babies and pregnant women.
0: Yeah. That's it, yeah. it
1: was it was a terribly oppressive time in my <laughs> life. But even with that I was like, dude, I'm gonna shoot this black and wine and all in natural light. Right. So okay. I even went to like someone you know what a Namkaran is? It's when they name the baby, okay? so i went to like a namkaran party where i had to be the event photographer and i still was like look i'm an art photographer and i'll take black and white and i had this like grandmother come up to me and be like photographer hai ye iske pas flash bhi hai? you know and i'm like <laughs> but <laughs> so given that i i still stuck my guns and i was like look lady this is what i'm doing your daughter in law has hired me to do this today so yeah. I get that you can't be choosing choosing your work when you're young and you're shooting like products or some really boring shit or whatever. But even within the parameters of that, just try to make sure that you're doing something that is a little bit different, you know, especially if you want to become a photographer that is an identity who is known for their work specifically. Cause there are tons of lineup photographers who do really well, make a lot of money. But they just shoot whatever needs to be done that day, you know. So I think that's just the only difference. Is that like, I'm not saying be choosy and yeah, it's like it's not like okay, go shoot the baby, make sure you can see the baby's face, but shoot (laughs) it in a way that makes it look (laughs) special, so that even this lady is gonna be like, oh, look at how artistic and how beautiful this photograph
0: of my baby is, you know. No, that's very Um, interesting. So yeah. So you're still adding your own kind of identity, even though you're in a position where you're kind of having to do work you don't want to do. But you're still keeping a, you know, you're still thinking about adding your own touch to it, I guess.
1: Yeah, I um, mean, in some way, I mean, you, you should try. It doesn't always yeah. happen. I've done a ton of jobs that you don't get to see that <laughs> I haven't managed to do it but yeah. mostly I think you just do it and then also you realise that a lot of clients don't really know what they want <laughs> so you just oh, sort right. of figure it out for them and was with gonna them, be... you know
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense because I was going to ask actually do you get clients who book you? You know, they basically, they don't have a an eye for I mean, they don't have knowledge about photography or Art or anything like this they just literally maybe going off one piece of work you've done they go i like the look of that they will book you and then how does it kind of work like because i mean they don't really have a clue do you do they just let you get on with it or is there kind of lots of questioning from you about do you have to um prod them with questions and find out really what they're trying to achieve or do you just you 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 go for it or do you get a mix of all that I mean it's a big mix, you get so
1: many kinds of clients and um, the bigger the client or the more corporate, though that's not a necessity again, but like the bigger the corporation then the more uh, red tapeism involved. So of course they have brand mandates and things you just cannot do because of the viewership of that one particular uh, TVC or uh, image, you know. Um, so you can't even, don't even try to fight those things because this brand has been around longer than you've been alive. So this is their mandate. So just sort of do what they need. But most of the time, I think you can get a client that's hugely collaborative, but you also get a lot of them who like show you references of like pre-existing stuff. And they're like, this is what I want the lighting to be like. This is what I want the pose to be like. <sighs> and in that case, the yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I did. I think I'm really blessed at this point in my life, that people are now coming to me for me so there's a lot less of that and I just get an overview like, oh we want it to be bright and happy you know, and then within the parameters of bright and happy, I can figure out what the day should look like Um, (laughs) but earlier it was not like that at all, it was like make this babe sit like this and put her elbow on this and you know and when you're younger you have to at least try those things uh, for the client and then try to like urge them to be like dude this is Kim Kardashian everyone knows her like why are you copying this image um, yeah. so sometimes they come around sometimes they're just like real sticklers so you just do it and leave you know mm-hmm. um, so
0: yeah Do you I mean one thing I realised and, and this is with myself as well right and one thing I, I got from Akshay as well is like Working with such like let's say corporate people or celebrities who have a lot of um, say and power about what they want mm-hmm. um, When you're first in this um, world, let's say working with these people you're quite like uh, I don't know if to say I'm not anxious or maybe a bit apprehensive and you're quite like open to okay. Yeah, we'll do that Okay. Yeah, you do that whereas would you say, like, over the years, have you getting this, doing this work with these people, have you become more assertive about your work? As in, you're like, do people respect you more now that you've done that? And now you can be like, no, that is not going to work. And you're real confident of saying that. So that makes sense. Because, like, when I first really. came to Bollywood and I worked with such people in Bollywood, I just remember looking back five years ago, like, I was really apprehensive sometimes about saying if if the client said oh I don't like that exercise I'd be like oh okay let's change it do you know what I mean and now I'm like well I'm sorry I, like this is what we're doing you know right right do you get that I
1: see with Bollywood like I mean it's own it's a new development that I, I basically only really shot Kalki and Sonam Kapoor because I, I liked their energy I think they always understood that it's it's a hugely collaborative thing they liked what they saw when we shot together so there was a huge amount of trust on both sides and then of course I tried and there are a few that I tried which went well and there were a few that I tried that were disastrous and they made me wait for hours and hours and I was like you know this is just not my thing you can pay me like any amount of money, but I'm not waiting for eight hours for some woman who's like a really nasty foul person to just come on set. So I was very selective about the celebrities that I worked with and I continue to be um either I should really like (laughs)
0: uh she don't have to say man
1: (laughs) (laughs) you can I, I mean she has really curly hair But um, yeah, so I think people will figure out. She has curly hair and a lisp, so I think everyone will figure out who she is. But um, so yeah, I mean, I was just like, you know, I just don't want to do this, and um, just sort of like found my own like niche. And I I mean, I don't know how I got the clients that I did, and I I I just did. So you know, and now I'm directing a lot of A-list movie stars in commercials. So firstly, this is also just one day of work um, because it's a one-day shoot. The celebrities give you about eight hours to get the whole commercial in the can. So then it's just like, okay, if they're they're a monster, you sort of suck suck it up and do what they want because here, it's again, it's not me, it's the client. And if I act up, the celebrity acts up and then the client loses tons and tons of money. But most of the time, I've been, again, blessed to work with A-listers who are really professional, um, like-minded. They also like my work. Um, They they end up liking me. So it's been fairly easy, but I don't end up working with the ones who have like terribly bizarre ideas and are like, no, my way or the highway.
0: Yeah. I mean, is that because you've you've worked with a handful of those and you've kind of Said, and um, I'm not doing this type of thing. I mean, how do you decipher? Or are you just saying you're blessed that the people who you have come your way have just ended up being, you know, good people and liked your work? You've just been blessed that way. I mean,
1: I when I it was like I worked with that lispy curly hair babe, and then I was like, I never want to do this again, you know. Right. And so then I was just fairly cautious, and I guess I just put. I don't know. I didn't tell anybody either. I just put the message out that look, I only want to work with people who are like serious about their work and who I respect and mm-hmm. will respect me. And I think also I think the, the, the universe or whatever you want to call it responds to a certain clarity. If you're yeah, clear about sure. what you want to do, you're clear about what you don't want to do. That is what will come
0: to you. And um, yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, what I was going to say is, who has um, been your like best client you've worked with? Then I know you've done lots of stuff. But is there anyone who sticks out in your mind, and you thought that was just insane to work with them? I mean, they might not be actually a well-known person, but what's been your favourite work piece of work? I mean, I. <laughs>
1: Uh, I've worked with so many people, and that I, I I just like wouldn't be able to choose. But um, I mean, one of the most rewarding experiences for me was the feature film that I made that is unreleased. It's sort of sitting in a can. Wasn't that in
0: two thousand and fifteen? I think we shot it in two thousand
1: and fifteen. By the time it was ready, it was two thousand and sixteen.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I so mean, with
1: that? I just I think I. I was young and I found a producer who was willing to give me money to make a film and at that stage you know beggars can't be choosers and he was great I can't fault him he let me make the film I pretty much wanted to make but Mm. I don't know why he didn't want to put it out there and he still hasn't really attempted to um so it sort of just lies there but um But it was really rewarding and it's actually what gave birth to my career in advertising. Because it was a very stylish looking movie. Mm. And a couple of people saw like a teaser or they saw it playing at Mami or Tokyo International or whatever. And they were like, you should be in ads. So I got taken into advertising really quickly after that. Um, So I owe that film a lot. Um, Also creatively I met some wonderful people, like great technicians and everyone was young and fresh and it was all of our first films and all of us have gone on to like doing much bigger things from there. Mm. So it was a really rewarding experience. Client wise, I mean a great film for Taj. I just worked with Daniel Wellington. I loved my clients. They were so intelligent and lovely. Um, I did something with, I've done H&M right now. I really loved them as well. so, I'm sure... I mean, I mean, a lot of people were pretty great.
0: <laughs> oh. um, I wanted to ask you, actually. Have you, or do you ever, work for free? Because it's, it's something that a, a lot of the younger generation, whether it's in this type of work or other lines of work, is that it's so heavily... Um, I don't know. There's... It's, there's a lot of traffic towards this line of work and people wanting to get ahead of the pack. You know, they're trying to show their work. Now, do you? did you ever think about doing stuff for free? Is that something you do now?
1: I mean, I don't, I, I see. I think initially when you start, you are like living hand to mouth. Um, so you try to get something out of it. I've shot things for ridiculously low prices. Uh, much earlier on in the day. But now it's like um, I'm, I'm happy to shoot for free if it's collaborative, if it's for somebody who I consider a friend or somebody I believe in. But if it's a commercial client or somebody who's going to use their images to sell their stuff, you know, um, whom I don't know. I really don't owe them that and also similarly if I spoke about the universe and energy it also recognizes that if you decide that look this is what I deserve monetarily somehow Mm. it comes to you and it's only when I became a stickler for a certain amount of money that it started coming to me I still hear that you're too expensive I hear that all the younger photographers are totally undercutting you and booking jobs that Mm. You were pitched for at half the price, and I get this from my agency. Um, but I, uh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. It's- let them, you know, let them do it at half the price. The client will either realize that the same quality is not deliverable, or I'll just work a little less. You know, it's not a big deal. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm out of that trapping
0: of working for free. Um, but would you advise that, like? To people, maybe just starting out on this journey. To work how would you for advise? Free. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not saying like, look, just put yourself out there and say I work for free. But do you think it's a good method? Because how do people dislike? When you started, you said Instagram wasn't there, and all of these the features that people are using now to get their work out there. But the problem is now is Instagram is so everyone's on there that there are thousands of people doing the same thing, right? So people are like, you know, for instance, people would say to me, how would I train someone in Bollywood? And I'm like, well, that really isn't the goal. That's a bit of luck. Like it might be in your way, but you have to come up with ways that would make you different. Now, if if I was a trainer just starting, I would actually say to people, I'll give you 10 sessions for free. You know to certain people it wouldn't be about what someone else wants to do it would be about me sh- showcasing my skills now i'm wondering whether that's something that would replicate in in your world. like if i said to you now ishan you're starting out again you don't have all these contacts or anything would that be something you would think about doing
1: um uh, i mean it's so I mean, I'd have to think a lot about it. I, I See, because I had to... At least at some point, you're building your book, right? So the first shoot that I did of Kalki and Sonam, I'm obviously not getting paid for them, right? It's yeah. my first shoot with them. They're sort of doing me a favor. So you do the shoot, you know, and you do it because also you're going to get something... The output's going to be hopefully beautiful. It can take your career further. But I, I mean but that was also like, these are two personalities and we were just spending an afternoon together taking pictures they were not geared towards selling anything so it was totally okay that it's a collaborative exchange of you know, some like an artistic afternoon but tomorrow if you said that look, uh, uh, Apple wants to shoot their new phone uh, do it for free, I'm going to be like hell no (laughs) you know, I'm just saying oh really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't because I think That's also what, you know, what people also recognize and I think, again, I just, I spent my 20s feeling hugely insecure about myself, my work, I constantly felt like, you know, of course they won't pay me, I have never really trained in photography or some shit like that. And then the minute I felt confident enough to be like, look, this is what I deserve and people really responded to that energy a lot better yeah. that like no I'm great at my job and if you're asking me to shoot even if you're not just booking me because I'm coming free you're booking me because I'll make your phone look good right <laughs> so yeah. pay me for it like fine don't pay me like a bazillion dollars pay me like a fraction of that but like you, I think you should also know your worth
0: and, but what uh, about if you, your worth is you don't like look, look, you just said you were you didn't know your worth through your 20s right Right. so if I say to you like you're starting again you don't have you may let's just say you're back in your and um, you don't really know your worth and I'm saying to you how is it what would you do different now then how would you I mean, approach I would, it from, as a I mean, newcomer
1: yeah I mean if I could if I could tell myself with the foresight of the future mm. I'd, I'd tell myself from the first day know your worth you know um because it just, it actually, for me, it just sort of berated me and degraded me even further. For so many years to feel like, look, I'm shooting something for 5,000 rupees. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I had graduated from a four-year bachelor in fine art program in New York. I had, I was the, I was like at the top of my grade, my feature, my film, my thesis won me the best director. I had traveled to three festivals all at the age of 21. And suddenly, I found myself shooting stuff for five thousand rupees, and I kept saying something is better than nothing. But what it did is it created this huge insecurity in me that that's all I really deserved, you know. And, but what um, you thing you would
0: have done differently though? Like, do you I if think, you could you just charge more? Is that the only difference you'd have made?
1: No, I think I would have also like just been, and I've seen some other contemporaries of mine who were real sticklers about no I'm not gonna do that you know and I'm not gonna do that and of course some of them are really highbrow and some of them are not working anymore but some of them are so I I would want to imbibe a little bit of that energy where you know your worth and you know what you're doing is good and you can tell a client that hey you know if you don't want to pay me it's okay use somebody else Um, (laughs) but like and of course, within reason, I can't be a newcomer and say, ah, that's luck you, you can't ask for that, but you can just like, within reason know that, look, this is an amount that I think I deserve, given mm. that I'm a newcomer, and stick to it and wait for it, and um, I think that's the only advice I would give myself, but that said, you know, I shot some pregnant lady who made me meet somebody who made me shoot some fashion. Yeah, thing. that's
0: the difference. No.
1: So you don't know what's gonna lead to what, but again, it's really about uh, it's really about luck or karma or destiny or whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's
0: just. But about... I think it's, it's more about karma and destiny. Like you, like this is all hypothetical, right? You can say what you would change, and maybe you would have changed how you how much value you would um, think you have. Um, but really, all of those experiences and working for certain price and doing a job of a pregnant lady, like, that all meant something, really. That all actually started the dominoes off, you know? So what I'm trying to get at is people listening, they have to realise, if you are a newcomer you're trying to attain to work with such people, just realise that, you have to really go through all of these stages of doing work you don't really want to do, getting paid something is probably a bit less than you should. Like all of these are experiences that will en- end up adding up to you becoming what you need to become, you know? Yeah. No,
1: I mean, most <laughs> definitely. No, no, most definitely. <laughs> yep. I, think, no, I think most definitely you do need to sort of... Um, I find that about millennials, even though technically I am one. I feel like they're just like lazy fucking idiots. But um, they want everything to be handed on a platter because it really has been handed to them on a platter. But I I wouldn't say shirk from hard work and I wouldn't say don't settle for less. And I'd be like, go and take on the world and know your worth and only do this. But I would definitely at least advise people to have a little more self-esteem. Um, than I did because I know that my journey was really more than just the price I received it was a self-esteem driven journey that I was like oh yeah you're new in Bombay oh yeah you didn't study photography you don't deserve anything else you don't deserve anything more than what Mm -hmm. you're getting you know and um, I would advise people to have a little more like a healthier self-esteem and I think that's what probably I'm trying to say but work hard I mean work your fucking ass off I used to shoot like for days and days I used to shoot backstage at fashion week which is um, like a neurotic mess of like Amazonian women and like temperamental designers and like 50 makeup artists and like we'd be there standing there all day like 16 hours a day I had to retouch images and send them overnight and um, so definitely work hard is fine do hard work do things that Aren't exactly what you want to be shooting because everything is a stepping stone leading to somewhere. Um, yeah. But yeah, just know your worth a little bit. That's all.
0: Okay. Well, last question for you, my friend. Cool. Do you think um, you, let's say, this whole journey of yours, do you think that it has a lot to do, like, let's say, the the body of work and the success you've had coincides with? you finding yourself i don't want to mean that in such a hippie way but like you've you've kind of mentioned how you were it through your 20s you're in a totally different place and that success has come in um you found success as you've found yourself as a person more
1: yeah i mean no most for me most definitely i think it just completely went hand in hand with the discovery of myself and uh, just like healing from a lot of like past baggage and all these other kinds of things because I don't think you can I mean I don't know at least for me it was like I mean do I see a ton of fucked up people doing very well Um, but um, for me at least that's what it was I, I realized that all these things were like the hurdles and obstacles in front of me it wasn't even my work, it wasn't even the business, it wasn't even clients not booking me. It was just myself and my own beliefs of what I deserved, what I wanted, um, whether I should get it or not. Constantly comparing myself to others and how talented they are and the opportunities they get. And you know, you know, when, when you're sort of discontent with yourself, you channel yeah, your true. energy everywhere except your own reflection. Yeah. And... Um, once I just realized solely slowly, it took many years <laughs> that look I had to heal from a lot of things now I just like I don't even care if like I don't think about what other people do at all or what other people say about me or any of those things and these are the trappings of
0: building a life not even a career you know so yeah well I, I mean I agree with that because when I look back at the journey I went through and everything I just really didn't know or understand myself at all so when I look at all the things that was going wrong in business and in clients and all this one failed and I didn't get a result with this person when I look back it wasn't really like that much to do with my skill do you know what I mean like I was still I had I had knowledge about what I was doing but I was just so unaware of like who I was and I had so many insecurities and I was just growing as a as a human i guess and like when you come to a point where you realize yourself more you just have a bit more understanding and you realize you don't give a fuck about other people's opinions and stuff then quite often other things fall into place you know so (laughs) no i mean it's it's
1: really true it's like
0: I I I love
1: you (laughs) all (laughs) silent. No, I I think I'm normally silent when I agree with something and um, I think it really is, it's, it's just that and also like a certain, if a certain client didn't get results or somebody didn't like what you did in a shoot, it's again, it's subjective, it's their experience of life and you can't take that personally, you know like yeah. you can't be like I must be shit because this person didn't get abs and I must be shit because they didn't use this campaign that I shot you know or they reshot it with somebody else Um, it's like it's okay they didn't like it or it wasn't for them and something else will work for them you know um, yeah. it's as simple as you like mangoes and I like pineapples <laughs> there's, really there's nothing much you can do about it and I think when you yeah, learn that about life everything is fine it's like you can't change someone's taste and you can't take it personally that somebody doesn't like pineapples you know
0: yeah that's true so. but you've you've got to that level you know i think that's taken you however many years to get to a level where you're so and um, in yourself to be able to not take anything like that personally whereas maybe 10 years ago or less you would have thought differently about that i'm guessing
1: no, I definitely, I didn't even think that it was an option. It was like, no, everybody should like pineapples, you know, and uh, or, uh, I should cook pineapples in a way that makes everybody like them.
0: Um, yeah, but it's it. a,
1: it's a real waste of time. And it's, and, I, and it's still not a place of security that I say this mm-hmm. from, because really trust me in this business. It's like, you can get wiped out. Like they can just forget about you overnight, you know? Um, so it's not, does that just keep you like, on your toes? Of course, I think you have to, like, be, like, feel young and feel relevant and stay in tune with what's going on. And, you know, um, you can't really ever really retreat into yourself. Like, I'm talking to you from the top of the Nilgiri Mountains right now. And it's my first break in a year, I would think. Um, Because you just have to, like, always be around and always be present. And you just have to, like so you're on your toes and you're tired but um, I think you still have to just keep a certain kind of moral um, or sort of values in place and be like look this is what I'm prepared to do and this is what I'm just not prepared to do and if the cost is losing some money or being forgotten about totally then I guess it's okay
0: Um, yeah but I think that's the difference I mean that i don't know i i got that impression again from actually that really you're still just you respect yourself so much that you you're really respectful also of that you could be wiped out any minute you know you could be forgotten about let's say but you also find to say okay that well that that is the case that could happen and and you find to face that
1: yeah I think (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) there's the silence I think in
0: person in person I would maybe see you um, nodding your head or in thought but right now I can't see you so it's like we'll just have three seconds of silence and
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like probably like scratching my chin or something no but uh, no I definitely no I definitely agree with that I think um, you just like that's it I think you just have to or not even have to you just have to like be whoever you are and not really worry about the rest of it all
0: you mm-hmm.
1: know yeah but right. i'm sure that's not another person's
0: experience of life no this you know? is true but i think you've you build yourself up to that i don't know it depends on the line of work but i'm gonna put you on uh, i'm gonna give you a bit of pressure now I'm going to ask you because i think most of the other people who i've asked everyone seems to have something that they always keep in mind whether it's a quote whether it's something they've learned when they were young um something that they keep with them a lot of the time something that they keep remembering you know that helps them stay on track is there anything that you carry with you whether it's physical whether it's like a quote or a saying or you've been taught something that that really does help you I mean, my father is going to like
1: dance and be super happy, but he used to say (laughs) some fucking annoying things when we were growing up. And two of them were, one was, you can only take a horse to the water. You cannot force it to drink. Mm. And the other was, you have to put in your 10,000 hours. It doesn't matter what you want to do. You've got to slave at it for at least 10,000 hours before you're any good at it. And we fucking hated him for it. (laughs) Um, But um, my sister and I are both sort of forces in our own right and it's probably because of those kind of things, you know. Um, Because it's really true, you can't force people to see things the way you see them and you really have to work hard, you know. Knowing your worth, not knowing your work, asking for certain money, all that kind of shit aside, you have to be really good at your work to sustain yourself. And that comes from a lot of practice. So
0: Yeah, and often you don't become good until you've got towards the end of those 10,000 hours, you know? You can't be disheartened by, after 100 hours, you're not good enough, you know? Right. People put in that work and they continue to put in that work for years without getting anything back. And that's what I've got from you and what I've got from lots of people who I've had on the podcast is... Maybe we you can't put it in a metric like ten thousand hours, but people have put in years of work before anything has come to fruition, you know, and that's p- kind of the same with you. So, um, brother, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I know it's been a long time coming, and we've been, I've been <laughs> insanely flaky. <laughs>
1: no no thank you for like opening this amazing skype handle or whatever it is because
0: i'm so fucking technologically challenged that i can't log into my own skype Um, yeah for everyone listening i created a skype account just so he could log into skype to do this call yeah thank you that's that's dedication so